Good evening, everybody. Thanks very much for coming here tonight. It's really good to see you all. Um, and I think there's lots of new faces tonight, so um, it's great to see you all, and thanks very much for coming. So tonight we have a testimony evening, and we have got um, a number of people giving their testimonies. We've got David Wilson, which I hope he's, yeah, he's in the back there. He's first up, which I hope he knew about as well. Um, we've got David, we've got Sophie Schofield, we've also got Michelle Kelly, and then we also have um, a time from uh, our new youth pastor and his wife, Jonathan Victoria, who are going to come up as well and share a little bit about them. So tonight we, well, we've been running a series um, on Fruit of the Spirit, um, and tonight we kind of thought testimonies is a little bit about love and Jesus' love for us. So it's great just to hear the story that um, what Jesus has done in lots of people's lives tonight. So we hope that you will join um, us all in praying for people as they come up to share their story, uh, and also that it will inspire us as well um, in our everyday lives. Just to say, it's, it's quite difficult for me sometimes to, to think back and to remember, you know, just back in my life because, yeah, my life's changed and it's hard to recognise yourself sometimes. But I was actually part of a dysfunctional family before that became fashionable uh, because my, my mother and father were both from Ayr and my father was a, a minor, he was a, a minor from Ayr and both of them, you know, were married to somebody else when they met. And here I am, so that tells its own story. But because they got together and because of the bother that caused, we, we actually lived for a, we moved, they moved down to, to live in Mansfield in Nottinghamshire, and that's where I spent a lot of my early years. And it wasn't easy when I was a child because my mother, one of the things, she, she had a, a drink problem. And so every now and again, she would have a kind of binge of drinking and that would lead to to violence and, and lots of things going on. My father, I mean, they were both good people in lots of ways, but they both had their, their problems. And I think sometimes the, the problems that they had, you know, came to a, a collision, if you like. And I remember that. And a lot of times my mother, she used to kind of have too much to drink. And then she used to, we used to go on the, the train um, back to Scotland. By the way, we never paid for a ticket. But anyway, we weren't on the train, so we used to hide in the toilets and all that kind of stuff. So she taught me many interesting things, my dear mother. But then when I was nine years old, she'd been ill for a while. I didn't know how serious she was, but she actually died of cancer when I was nine and my young brother was seven. And that was kind of sad, but it did make life a lot calmer. But then when I was 11 years old, I came back one day from school and I had a feeling something was wrong. And when I got in the house, I was told that my father had died of a heart attack working down the mine, which was a big blow to me because, you know, I knew that, you know, what is there? Because we were only, it was just us there. We were separate from everybody else in the family. And we came back to Scotland um, and I found that difficult to settle in. And it was, you know, it took a while before we found out where we were actually going to live. We moved to two or three different places. Then we went to live with my aunt and uncle. And I would love to say that everything that happened in my early life didn't have any effect on me, but I, I, I have to say it did. And when I got to about 16, that's where things went a bit wrong in my life. Um, I started to drink, and I think the signs were all there the first time I, I took a drink because I, I was arrested for being drunk and incapable. And uh, that was the start of an exciting uh, period in my life. I wouldn't say it actually was exciting, but for the next couple of years, I mean, I would, I would calm down a bit, next year and a half maybe, but 
things, a lot of things got up to a lot of nonsense with my friends, as young guys do, and I, I kept on basically getting arrested, which was a bit of a problem. And it was a bit embarrassing. My poor old auntie used to have to come and, and pick me up and get me out and stuff, and then I had to go to court. And it was So I decided that I had to do something about this. And so what I did was, you know, which wasn't the brightest thing in my life, I had a problem with drink and a problem with discipline, so I joined the army where I went to Germany, you could get as much cheap drink as you like. So that didn't do me too much good. And in the army, again, I didn't always conform to what was expected. I shared a wee story this morning, that was just a snippet. But um, so eventually I came out of the army, I'd been in for just over three years and I came out of the army and I had a wee place I was living in that wasn't great. And I was working in ICI, but I was still really drinking heavily. I used to try to stop drinking, but you know, I wanted to be out with my friends and so then I would just drink to total excess and, and get into trouble and all that. I used to go and you know, drink for a week and not go to work and I used to get the doctors to give me a line because they said I had a dyspepsia which I found out meant I had an upset stomach basically. But anyway, all that sort of stuff went on and I, I, was quite, I got quite despondent because I was in a really vicious circle in my life and I couldn't see where it was going. And I, I didn't feel there was any purpose. I mean, what was I going to do? I looked around at the, the lives that some people were living in and I thought they were pretty boring. So I thought, well, you know, I, I want to have a life that's got some meaning and purpose. And what is the meaning of life? What is it all about? Why are we here? Stuff like that. I was a bit depressed at times. So that went on and on until, you know, I kept on having these bouts of drink and getting into bother until eventually I was working in ICI and somebody who you know, got changed into our stuff, working gear, beside me was a Christian, people were kidding him on. And so I kind of just said, well, I wonder what it is about this God thing, because, you know, one day I would believe in God in a way, other days I wouldn't, it just depended how I felt. So I just said, you know, what about this? And he was a bit reluctant to share with me because at that time it's hard to believe now, but I wasn't the most charming person in the world. So I think he thought I was setting him up by asking him questions and I was going to give him a hard time. but. He did, he said, you know, do you want to come along to the Baptist church? So I went, I was living in Stevenson, and I went along to Salkirk's Baptist church. And I went, and I did feel really strange, because it was very embarrassing, because I was scared any of my friends would see me going into a church, so that was really bad. So I kind of ran off the bus and just went straight in, so nobody would see me. But, um, you know, the second week I went, I was talking to some guy and they just had a big evangelistic thing going on, you know, people shared a big speaker coming along sharing about Jesus. And so he was really keen and we went down, we were walking about and he shared, you know, the gospel with me. And he, he said to me, you know, that, that God created this world. And I thought, well, yeah, I can believe. It's hard to believe the world just came about by chance. And he said, but we rejected God and we're all sinners, you know, that we've rebelled against God and that separates us from God. And I thought, well, I'm not somebody who could argue the fact that I'm a sinner because I definitely knew I was. You know, I, I wasn't somebody who thought, I'm such a nice person, how can you say that? Because I knew I was a sinner. But then he said to me, you know, that, that God is love. And I thought, oh yeah, well, if there is a God, then I, I, I would have to believe that as the finest quality in the world is love, that surely God would have to be a God of love. And then he said, and God loved us and loved you so much that he became a man in Jesus Christ and he died on the cross to pay the price of your sin. And so if you have faith in him, this God now, with the power that rose Jesus from the dead, the power of the Holy Spirit, he can come into your life and he can help you, enable you to live a different life. So I actually prayed that prayer. He said to me, I want to pray this prayer. I thought, oh yeah, I mean, 
I'll try anything. And I, I, I suppose I did have hopes, but I, I was pretty low in confidence. But I can honestly say that on that day that God started to speak to me from that day through his word, and I, I started to realize that I did have a reason and a purpose in life, that I did mean something, that I did matter, and that God could use me. Time went on, I was doing some studies then, you know, I, was, I started going to night school because I left school when I was about 15, 16, but I started going to night school because I wanted, I, I was going to night school and I didn't like the job I was doing. And about a year or so after I became a Christian, I felt, well, you know, this gospel has meant everything in my life. I mean, it didn't sort me out entirely, not at all, because I personally think that when you become a Christian, you think there's little things that God's got to do. But the further on you go, the more you realise there's an awful lot in your life needs what that. So I'd still had plenty of things wrong, lots of problems, as I still do today. But I wanted to share this Jesus with other people. I felt, well, you know, God, this gospel has changed my life. And this is what people need. The young people I know, my friends that I work with, my family, you know, this same Christ can make their life whole. And so I went away and I trained down in London at Spurgeon's College, came back to the Scottish Baptist College, and then in 1983, I know it's hard to believe I'm that old, but in 1983, I became a, a Baptist minister. And that's what I've been doing ever since then. And it, it's the same thing, the same desire. I mean, I would love to be able to tell you it's been all wonderful and blessing every inch of the way, but that wouldn't be so. But the desire to to tell people about Jesus and the belief that God can change our lives through Jesus Christ and that Jesus is the answer to the needs of this world. That is unchanged and God has proved himself many, many times to me over the years. And I would say, you know, it's a never ending process. You keep on going on with Christ. There's so much that he does in your life. And for every person here, I would say to you that God wants to be in your heart as well. And you might feel that your life is pretty broken and messed up. You might feel as if you don't know what you're doing, you don't know what life means. I would say you can only find real purpose in life when you put your faith in Jesus as your Saviour and your Lord. Now what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read some verses to you that have been um, important in my life and I would say would continue to be at the heart of the inspiration for me of why I live and serve as a Christian. And it's Paul's words in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 at the beginning where he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. That's what it is for me. That's what it's about. It's about God coming into my life and changing me from within. And it's me wanting to guide other people to find that, that same God, to find that same purpose <coughs> and joy in knowing him. That's my life in five minutes. Thank you. I don't tell you all the stories though about the things, but anyway, that's okay. For those who don't know me, I'm Sophie, I'm 15 years old and I'm in my fourth year at Larkhall Academy. I was raised in a Christian home and I've attended this church all my life. At the age of six, attending a holiday club here in the church, I heard that Jesus had died to forgive my sins and so decided to give my life to Jesus 
and asked him into my heart. I then continued to go to Sunday school and then two ways where I began to learn more about God and all the things he has done for me. As well as this, I went to Bible studies and youth clubs within the church that have helped me continue to grow as a young Christian and live with Jesus at the centre of my life. A huge encouragement for me has been Maranatha Camp. Through the leaders praying with me and the workshops and the sermons, I've really developed my relationship with God and learned how to live with Jesus at the centre of everything that I do. This doesn't mean that I get everything right or always make the right decisions, but I know that God is always with me and that he's a loving God who forgives all the wrong things that we do so long as we ask him. One of the nights at Maranatha Camp, after spending time with God in worship and prayer, I felt that the next step for me was to be baptised. So I started baptism classes with David, our minister, and October, in October 2015, I was baptised. I did this to publicly declare my love for the Lord. Life for me dramatically changed in October of 2014. I had just started back at Girls Brigade, and we were tra training for the Race for Life 5K. During the training, I was getting pain on the left side of my back and the right side of my ribs. At first, I thought I was just unfit and needed to work harder. And my mum, who was a nurse, I may add, agreed with this and told me that I probably had a stitch. It wasn't until I looked at my back in the mirror and noticed that my left shoulder blade was further out than the right. And after telling my parents this, we went to the doctors where I had an x-ray which confirmed that I had a scoliosis, which is a curvature to the spine. We were then referred to York Hill Children's Hospital where I met with a consultant and in May 2015, in May 2015 I was told that my spine had a 35 degree curvature. I was then referred to the paediatric spinal specialist surgeon who was based in Edinburgh and for physiotherapy at Wishaw General to help me deal with the pain, which by this point was getting increasingly worse. By the time I met with the surgeon, the curve had increased to 45 degrees, and as the cut-off point for surgery was 45 degrees, spinal fusion surgery became an option. Um, after, after meeting with the surgeon, I decided that surgery wasn't the option for me and that I could deal with the pain. We were given an appointment for six months' time, but in this time, my pain got increasingly worse, and I was beginning to miss more school, and even getting out of bed in the morning just caused so much pain. Um, at this time, I was on 16 strong painkillers daily, and these just made me constantly tired and left me with no energy, and even then, I was still experiencing pain. We met with the surgeon in November and I was placed on the waiting list for surgery and on the 15th of April in 2016 I had the surgery and stayed in the Royal Hospital for sick kids in Edinburgh for six days and then I spent five weeks at home before I got to go back to school. From diagnosis right up to today, God has just been in total control of my situation and I couldn't be more thankful to him for this. Without relying on God and his strength, I could, not have, I could not imagine how I would have gotten through these past few years. I'm also extremely thankful for my amazing family and for all the support and encouragement they provided, especially my dad, who not only slept in a child-sized folding bed beside mine for six nights in hospital, 
but for, in case I needed anything, but for all his newfound interest in the Kardashians and all the latest makeup trends to keep me entertained during the most difficult parts of my recovery. I'm also so thankful for my church family for all their concern and especially Sandra Bigger who set up a prayer clock to make sure I was being prayed for every hour through my seven hour surgery and to Robbie and Margaret for taking the time to come to Edinburgh and visit me and for all their pastoral care. Um, I was also blown away by the amount of people, people that were praying for me, not just here in this church, but in churches all over the place. I would just like to finish with a verse that has been such an encouragement to me throughout my life, and that is Philippians 4:13, for, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now I would like to um, invite up Michelle. She's there. That's great. So Michelle's going to share her testimony and story as well, and uh, we look forward to hearing that. I've never done this before, so bear with me. Um, as some of you may know, I am relatively new to Hamilton Baptist. My first, vis- my first visit being the 23rd of April, when Jonathan came to us and spoke to, visit- spoke to us about the Great Commission. John and Andrew asked me to share my testimony tonight. And whilst I have an amazing story to tell, I pray I can open the eyes of others with the wonderful gift that God gave me. As a child, I was never raised to be a believer in anything. I was raised to think, you make your own luck, and that's just the way life is. I was christened at Trinity Parish Church when I was one year old by demand of my gran, but I was never instructed that we had to go to church or read the Bible. I suppose I was just your typical child and never had any great upsets. I had a positive childhood, And then I became a teenager. At the age of 12, I was diagnosed depressed. But being so young, the doctors couldn't offer anything than someone to talk to. This began a series of visits to multiple doctors, hospitals, psychiatrists, psychologists, you name it, they sent me there. Ultimately, I became so far gone in my depression, I developed anxiety too. And the doctor had no option but to start me on medication. Medication I've become dependent on to get me through every day. I'm now 27. 15 years of battling had taken its toll on me and I was no longer fine like I kept telling people. That's harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, In February of this year, my world collapsed. After the recent death of my gran, a breakup I should, have spe- I should have seen coming. Studying for a degree, a full-time job, and an unwell mum and dad to boot, my body gave in. I had what they described as a mental breakdown, where I lost most of my abilities that I took for granted. I could no longer walk for long periods. I couldn't read. I had no energy to speak or get out of bed. And the hardest thing to cope with is I'd forgotten basic words. Before that stage, I had never felt what it was like to have something in my head but couldn't get the words out. It felt like I was trapped. This was the most horrible period of my life and one I wish that no one would ever experience or ever experience again. So that was me. My medication was increased. I was put on suicide watch by doctors and back on the search for a mental health practitioner to help me and I got nowhere. Every corner I turned, another brick wall was facing me. 
every time I tried to get help, it was another, I'm sorry, but we can't help you. And I thought it was over. I lay in my bed one night around 2 a.m., staring at the window, telling myself I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to fight anymore, and it would be better just to give up. The weight of my chest weighing so heavy down on me, I couldn't breathe. And for some reason unknown to me, something somewhere told me to pray. Just pray for help, Shell, you've tried everything else, just pray. So I did. I prayed, Lord God, help me. I don't want to feel like this anymore. Please save me, and I promise I'll be good. And in the blink of an eye, it was gone. The weight on my chest vanished, and I can't express into words how this felt. It was as if it was by magic. So at 2 a.m. I was straight online, googling what had happened to me, (laughs) downloading an electronic copy of the Bible to my phone, reading verse after verse after verse. I was engrossed, and I knew the Lord had heard me and came to me. Since then, I've been coming here, which I knew was just right for me. Music was always my passion growing up, and purple is my favourite colour. It's like it was meant to be. Every Sunday I come here and I hear David tell us stories from the Bible and how we can learn from these times and apply them to our lives now and become a much better version of ourselves, the person the Lord wants us to be. Every day I spend time in God's Word. I listen to music praising Him. I talk to my friends about Him. And now I have something to believe in. I believe in God's power and his grace, and he saved me beyond all reason. I did not deserve rescuing. I had done so many things in my life which I would deem unforgivable. But because of God's love and sacrifice, I was saved. I was given a second chance at living, and each day is a valuable blessing. And as I close on my testimony, I want to read aloud a verse, which I think we can learn so much from and take away from. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future, and the Lord certainly gave me mine. Okay, everyone, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you that um, for your love. Lord, you do demand our our life, our all. Um, And Father, Lord, help us to all just be shining beacons for you this week. Um, Lord, we just want to be um, enthused by people's stories of how you came into their lives uh, tonight. We thank you for each one of them. We thank you for David and Sophie and Michelle, Lord. And we thank you for Jonathan and Victoria, too, sharing um, everything about how you came into their lives, Lord. We thank you that you're just an awesome God, and none of us deserve it. But... Um, Lord, if we ask you into our lives, you will come and you will save us. And Father, we just, again, we just ask you, please help us to share the good news with our friends, our family um, throughout this week. Give us a challenge, Lord, to, um, Lord, we just pray for situations to come up so we can do that. In Jesus' precious name, amen.